What's up, guys? You know the voice. Stone Labanowitz, producer and co-host of Ken LaVica Live here at ESPN West Palm Beach. You can listen to us every single day of the week from 12 to 2 here at ESPN 106.3, whether it's the ESPN app, TuneIn Radio, any other app you use, or my favorite way, look over at Alexa, say, hey, Alexa, play ESPN 106.3, and you'll hear this lovely voice. But hey, what a time it is to be a sports fan. NFL training camp going on right now with the season right around the corner. Major League Baseball in full swing. Kevin Durant continues to shake things up in the basketball world because not a single soul knows what the hell he wants to do and where he wants to play. But one thing is for sure. Serena Williams preparing to say farewell to the sport of tennis at the U.S. Open next month is something that we all will be paying close attention to. And boy, did I have the privilege to speak to somebody that is right in the thick of it. Ben Rothenberg. Ben is the voice when it comes to tennis. He's the host of the No Challenge Remaining podcast and the senior editor for one of the hardest hitting tennis magazines, Racket. Ben is currently writing a book on Naomi Osaka, which I cannot wait to get a hold of. Naomi is one of the most outspoken players on the women's tennis circuit and women's sports in general. So that book is highly anticipated and Ben is the correct man for the job. But in this interview, we got into all things Serena Williams, how she's changed the landscape of not only women's tennis, but the sport in general and all other sports. Serena has a footprint on all of them. She has affected us all and Ben touches on that. Ben also talks about how she and her sister Venus were the reason that he fell in love with the sport in the first place and one of the main reasons he is who he is. We also touched on the U.S. Open draw and her possible matchups, her chance at winning her 24th Grand Slam title, and if there's a chance she regains some of that aura, as Ben called it. I also asked him if she was the greatest tennis player ever, men's or women's. You're going to love that answer. Ben peels back the curtains on Serena Williams' mindset and what we should expect from her next month in New York. You guys can follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Rothenberg. That's B-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-N-B-E-R-G. Again, at Ben Rothenberg. He's a great follow. In my opinion, a must follow. Let's jump right in. I am here with a very special guest, Ben Rothenberg. Ben, it says you're currently writing a book. What's the book about? When's that thing coming out? Uh, the book is about Naomi Osaka, and it is coming out uh, next summer, hopefully, about almost exactly a year from now. Fingers crossed. I'm looking forward to that, man. What's the schedule been like with this hardcore swing? What are you paying most attention to, and, and where's your interest right now? Well, interest right now is honestly on Serena Williams and just seeing her announcement <laughs> uh, about uh, – this being officially her last season now, I think it's going to put a lot more focus on her for these coming weeks. It's been a, a sort of slow start to the hard court season. Not many of the top players are in uh, Canada on the men's side, certainly. But on the women's side, uh, yeah, all eyes are going to be on Serena here. Ben, you beat me to the punch. This is originally why I wanted to talk to one of the biggest names in tennis journalism and just kind of the biggest voice, right, Ben? I mean, I see you everywhere. I think ask the best questions in some of these post-match interviews. Some of them annoying Sloan Stevens, which I actually was cracking up seeing that <laughs> montage not too long ago. So in Vogue September issue, Serena Williams prepares to say farewell to tennis on her own terms. And in her own words, quote, it's the hardest thing I could ever imagine, she says. I don't want it to be over, but at the same time, I'm ready for what's next. Ben, I'll start off with a quick one. What does Serena Williams mean to you? Oh, she means a lot to me. She's one of the main reasons I started caring about tennis as a, as a kid. I mean, I'm probably about six years younger than her, and so she was. A, I was just sort of coming to my teens as she and her sister were in their teens. 
you know, already tearing up the tennis circuit and being this new, youthful, exciting presence in the sport that really drew me and a lot of other people in and having to start caring about, about tennis uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s. I mean, she's someone who uh, really captivated a whole different sort of section of people who had never cared about tennis before, and she's kept that interest in the sport and grown it way beyond the sort of bounds of just fans of tennis uh, for decades now. So she's had a huge impact on uh, on my life, and probably I would I almost certainly would not be uh, covering tennis as my career if it wasn't for, for her and Venus. Wow, it's a bold statement, and, and I love to hear it. So, so I would ask then next... Because now knowing what she has done to you, you know, her and Venus and, and her father, I know you probably saw King Richard. I thought it was an awesome movie. But culturally, what do you think mm-hmm. Serena Williams means to not only tennis, but sport? Because there's a quote in the Vogue magazine article that really, really stood out to me. I'm somebody who talks professional sports every single day of my life, who is tuned in, whether it's Major League Baseball, whether it's NBA and the NFL. You know, it's NFL training camp right now. I spent most of my time paying attention to that. But there's a quote that says, Believe me, I never wanted to choose between tennis and a family. I don't think it's fair. If I were a guy, I wouldn't be writing this because I'd be out there playing and winning while my wife was doing the physical labor of expanding our family. Here it is, Ben. Maybe I'd be more of a Tom Brady if I had that opportunity. Is there some truth to that? Do, do you think she, she's valid? She has the right to say that? Yeah, I, I, there's definitely some truth to it for sure. I mean, uh, she, you know, she had to take off what was it? It was about a year from the tour, really, when she was yeah. pregnant and had her, her first child, Olympia. So that, was, that really was kind of at her peak. I mean, she had won, uh, what, was it, two of the last three majors before that. She had just come off winning the 2017 Australian Open when she was already two months pregnant with, uh, with Olympia at the time. And it definitely interrupted her. And, you know, talking about the record, uh, you know, she could have almost, she was had a lot of momentum to tie and potentially pass the record before uh, her pregnancy, you know, interrupted that incredible stretch of form that she was in. Um, and so, you know, when she's worked after that year off, she's worked to come back and had a lot of physical challenges and stuff and, and still made four more grand slam finals in her career. So she did really well. And, and she's right that, you know, she, uh, if she wants to have another kid soon, that it would also, again, disrupt her, her career. I'm not sure that those issues are the only thing that's been keeping her off tour. Um, in the past, you know, year, she took pretty much missed almost an entire full year on tour. With yeah, sort of after, after Wimbledon. That she, after Wimbledon, yeah, so she didn't come back after Wimbledon 2021, and she did not come back to tour until Wimbledon 2022, so missed a, a full year on the tour. Um, and so that's not all down to, to gender differences, but absolutely there are a whole different slew of, of challenges that come for female athletes, especially uh, as they try to start uh, families of their own. Speaking of family, I'm going to ask you another one. I'm going to stay on that topic because I, I do think that's the gist of this, right? And I respect it so much. I mean, she's been able to do it while raising a family. A lot of the times when we watch these WTA matches... The first thing that these commentators do and, and some of these analysts talk about, like, motherhood, right? Like, she's raising a child. How amazing. It's like, all right, they wouldn't be doing this if Serena wasn't doing this. But this one hit me hard. And I think tennis is more life. It's more personal and it's more public than I think a lot of these other sports are, especially because they're by themselves. They're on an island mm-hmm. instead of having other teammates around them. For football, for instance, right, you're one of uh, 11 on the field. But there's a quote in here about Olympia. She said, this morning, my daughter Olympia, who turns five this month, and I were on our way to get her a new passport before a trip to Europe. We're in my car, and she's holding my phone using an interactive educational app she likes. This robot asks her a question. What do you want to be when you grow up? She doesn't know I'm listening, but I can hear the answer she whispers into the phone. She says, I want to be a big sister. Now, now I am a huge tennis fan, and when I hear this, it's like, wow, we get one NFL Players Tribune article every four months, right? We get one... NBA player to speak about mental health and it's Kevin Love and, and the world goes crazy. But tennis players 
have quotes like this in some of these excerpts all the time and you or somebody who blasts it out there on social media and I think that's why I like tennis the most like I'm able to take a look into somebody's life peel back the curtain and then they have to step on court the next day and I think that's interesting my question was with that is tennis more personal is Serena in a different world than somebody in another sport like the NFL? Yeah, I think, I think athletes in tennis certainly have a special kind of resonance that's really not matched by any other sport and other athletes. I mean, they are out there being themselves with just their name on the scoreboard, not a team's name. You know, they're out there not just wearing a jersey that's right. been worn, you know, in a lot of cases for a pro sports franchise for decades before them, it will be decades after them. You know, they're out there sort of doing their own thing, representing just themselves and their own personal lives and their own personal lived experiences. And yeah, you're right. They, and, you know, I mentioned them writing a book on Osaka and, and Naomi Osaka is very much followed in Serena's footsteps. In That's terms a, of being she's a prime who, example. Yeah. Who, who, who touches on all these other issues in the midst of her career. And actually maybe she's even taken some things further and more actively than Serena has I done agree. in her career. I, mean, Serena, I agree. But Serena's always had this incredible, and Venus, have always had this incredible symbolic presence foremost, even when she's not being openly outspoken and putting out, you know, these essays like this every week, just sort of her, her presence, especially in, in this era of uh, being a mother uh, in this stage of her career and in her life, uh, that's a responsibility and a weight that she's taken, you know, very seriously and has really felt a, a great uh, responsibility to sort of show that she can win and can do it for, for mothers everywhere. I mean, she, she is freighted with that expectation and also the expectation, you know, of African-Americans and of women in general and all these different sort of identities mm. that um, she's become an increasing symbol for in the culture in the last uh, seven, eight years, I think, uh, when she's really, you know, coming to focus there and become a much more celebrated person than she was necessarily early in her career, where she was a lot more uh, divisive, honestly. Um, in this stage of her career, she's really been embraced and, and lifted up, and that's come with uh, a lot of, I'm sure, gratification for her, but also increases pressure sometimes, too, and she's seen as being so much bigger than, than just herself. I think that is so well said, Ben. I mean, you touched on it in, in, in some of the things in her Vogue article. She said she built a career on channeling anger negativity and pressure and turning it into something good. Ben, I want to turn the page to the U.S. Open. Again, here with mm -hmm. Ben Rothenberg of the No Challenge Remaining podcast. I stated earlier, and I'll state it again, I think he's one of the biggest voices on social media when it comes to tennis. Everybody knows his name, and everybody listens to what he says and what he puts out. Again, here with Ben Rothenberg. She won her first major at the U.S. Open of her 23 in 1999, so it's only fitting that if she is going to hang up the racket, I guess, what's the phrase? Place down the racket? Is there, is there a tennis phrase for retirement? <laughs> yeah, hangs up racket is usually, I guess, where we sort of imagine the racket. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm trying to think, you know. I, I guess they do hang it up, so hang up the racket. Does it feel first full circle to you? Are you any bit nervous? Because I can't lie, I, I kind of am. Every point of this match, I'm going to not be able to breathe. I'm going to have to hold my breath. But for you, for somebody who Serena brought you into this sport, has pushed you along, yeah. right, and has motivated, how do you feel? Are you a little nervous going in? You know, it's because it, it's at the end of the month, right? Qualifying starts August 28th. How do you, how are you feeling? Yeah, no, it's certainly going to be a, a tense, you know, moments for her. And, and she's going to be certainly feeling it too. I mean, it's interesting, actually, in my career, I've been on covering the sport for 10 years pretty full-time on tour, and there really have not been a lot of high-profile retirements. I mean, so many of the biggest stars have had these incredibly long careers, and so, you know, someone like the Williamses, you know, they were the ones I was watching when I was a, a kid on TV, and they've, they're still both active players, uh, at least technically on tour as of now, until at least Serena hangs it up, as we said. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation and a lot of people wanting it for her and, you know, her wanting it really badly for herself, and it's going to be a different sort of attention and pressure. I mean, she hit, has had the spotlight on her in big ways mm -hmm. 
at tournaments before, you know, like when, especially in 2015, when she was going for the calendar grand slam. Um, and there's so much attention on her in New York that year when she won the first three, uh, she got all the way to the semifinals and she really was, you know, the main character of the tournament, uh, in a way that no one's ever been before the tournament in my sort of career covering it. That was Serena's U S open for sure. And, uh, so she's had moments like that for sure, but this will be a different sort of a feeling and going out there for every match, knowing it could be the last, uh, is, is a lot of pressure. And it's also going to be a lot of pressure, which say also on her opponents. I mean, it's made a, a different sort of experience for everybody involved in those matches and could be some, uh, some pretty nervy stuff to watch at different times in different ways. How much is this going to affect the other players in the draw when they realize that they might have a chance to be a part of Serena Williams' last match ever played? It's going to be, I mean, it'll, it'll depend on the player, really. A lot of them, you know, are younger and haven't played Serena before. There's a lot of players, uh, including some of the biggest names in tennis uh, in recent years who are young group players at the top who have not played Serena yet in their careers. Uh, Coco Goff is this uh, 18-year-old phenom from, from Florida as well. She has never played Serena Williams. Yeah, Layla and, Fernandez, and, another and, young teenager. Yeah, Layla Fernandez has never played her. Emma Raducanu, who's the U.S. Open champion, has never played Serena. Uh, Iga Shviontek is the WT number one. She's never played against Serena either. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of players who will who will want, uh, and there's more than I can name in the top ten, I'm sure. There, there's a lot of players who will want a crack at Serena in this sort of last chance, and we'll actually be hoping to draw her. At, you know, if not in uh, New York, definitely. I think Cincinnati's probably where everyone wants to play her if she doesn't play there next week or this week. Or this week in Canada, where you get to play Serena, but it's not quite as high stakes, and you don't have the, you know, it can be a really uncomfortable feeling of being the one out there to, you know, end this legend's career. And it's not easy for the other player uh, to handle in a lot of different aspects. And certainly the crowd will be uh, rapturous and, you know, very much in Serena's corner. Uh, in this moment. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how everyone handles it. Uh, there's a lot of players who, whom she's inspired a lot and who uh, will have their own emotions for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, a lot of players, uh, you know, either pouring out into the stadium if they can find a seat, uh, which can be tough to find seats, or, uh, you know, at least gather around TVs in the, the player lounge in the locker room watching uh, watching Serena's every every match, especially if it looks like uh, she might be on the verge of a defeat and an exit from the sport. Time and time again, I'm telling people, you know, these crowds are different. Like, it, it, it reminds me, no matter where they are, of European soccer. Like, they're going to be loud and proud. They're rooting for their people, for their country, and, and, and whatever personality one of the two players you like the most you're going to be rooting for, Slushing Meadows is going to be packed in September for Serena Williams. All the celebrities are going to pop out. I'm sure we'll see Tiger Woods again, I man. I I cannot wait for that. But I wanted to ask you something that I've always personally had a a question about. When draws are coming out, especially for big tournaments like Grand Slams, how much do tournament directors have their hands on this? Because I was upset in Wimbledon when she was drawn against Harmony Tan. Now I figured she would win, but I was like, ugh. One, Serena has no idea who this girl is. I'm sure you know her trainers and coaches have showed her a little bit of tape. But one of just the, the, the most junk pushers there are in the game. Somebody <laughs> just does not give up, will lay out for balls, will moon ball back line if she has to seven times in a row. I'm like, this is not going to be fun for Serena if she doesn't put this first set away 6-2, just blasting winners by her and get harmony out of her head. How, yeah. how, how much control of the draw do these guys have to kind of not give her an easy path, but to lighten the load a little bit? I mean, the the official answer is they have none, and there's there's not supposed to be any sort of uh, arranging of draws. And I I mean I gotta say I mean Harmony Tan by any sort of reasonable definition probably was not a hard opponent for Serena. Not at all. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of tougher people she could have gotten. So I don't think that was an unfortunate 
uh, draw for really, even if there were some parts of it that were tricky. I mean, you know, and look at there's honestly probably a hundred other names in that draw uh, who'd be seen as tougher before that match started. So, um, <laughs> so you know, yeah, but it, we, we don't know where Serena's going to land, and being she's going to be unseated at the tournament, she could play anyone in the first round. You know, she could play against number one Iga Swiatek in the first round. She could play against uh, someone who she's had a tough time with, like Naomi Osaka. Maybe you know, she's only one and three against. She could play her in the first round. She could play Coco Golf in the first round, or she could play someone lesser known who kind of gets thrown into this uh, fire. But, but so we, if, just, if, we just don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But if she were drawn against Naomi Osaka, at least they get to play what I would call actual tennis, right? They get blow for blow. They're going to construct points to where one of them's going to put away a winner properly. But if she were to get a Cerebras yeah. Tormo. Or something where it just doesn't matter, and this ball's going to get back some way or another. That's what I fear. But yeah. I, I guess you're right. It's going to be one of the lower seated players that that she's going to get. And now a lot of them, even like a Maria Sakari, like just just so athletic, so athletic. It'll be a tough test for her. I'm a little nervous for that. I, I guess the answer I was looking for was, you know, there's no choice. I think for myself, I'm just personally nervous that she's going to get a very athletic player. I mean, look. I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of depth in, in women's tennis now in terms of through the top hundred. Like, there's nobody. Early in Serena's career, you know, in the early, late 90s, there was there were some players who just weren't up to sort of the same caliber as the rest of the tour. And the sort of top 10 seeds could be guaranteed pretty straightforward, you know, waltzes through the first couple rounds. That doesn't really exist so much anymore in tennis. I mean, the, the professionalism of the, of the top 100 has really filled out and players that make enough money to hire their own full-time coaches and, you know, physiotherapists and things like that down the, down the ranks. There's no one who's going to be really a gimme uh, for Serena in this draw. Uh, but at the same time, you know, she's 40 years old and there's, there's no one, you know, who's necessarily going to be completely overawed by her, especially seeing her honestly lose first time Wimbledon to someone like Harmony Tan, you know, after that kind of result, unless she, it, it could change if she goes on a big run in, in Toronto or Cincinnati in the next couple of weeks and regain some, some aura. But right now, I think Serena Williams uh, will feel it will be seen as being more beatable than ever before in her career, potentially. I feel you on that. Also agree wholeheartedly. Ben, I'm going to end with a few easy ones. While they may sound easy, I'm sure they are very loaded questions and very hard for people to answer. And on national radio, national television, <laughs> even on my show today, it was being brought up and talked about for hours. So I apologize for saying it easy. But is she the greatest tennis player of all time, men's and women's? I think just purely on results, yes. I think and certainly at the Grand Slam level. I mean, winning 23 singles Grand Slams in the professional era, no one else has done that. Uh, you know, and her level at her peak, I think, in terms of being untouchable, the sort of high note she's hit, I think, I think she is. I think she is for sure. I think we both are honest enough to say that, you know, she's not going to get 24. Or I don't want to go out and let him say that, right? Anything is possible. But I feel she's yeah. reaching that Tiger Woods caliber of player where it just might just be too mm -hmm. much with guys like Cam Smith and all these young guys who are driving balls 300, right? There's just too many athletic girls. But what chance would you give her to get to 24? I mean, at this point, that would mean winning the U.S. Open, um, which is her last chance left as she's drawn on her yeah. schedule. So uh, low, really low, honestly. But, you know, it, it depends on what kind of momentum she can get. I do think that her her ceiling is lower than it ever has been before as a natural function of age. I mean, she's 40 years old. Um, so her peak level isn't going to be what it was, but you know, in women's tennis, there have been times when tournaments have, uh, draws have broken wide open and some really unexpected players have won. I mean, Emirati Kani won last year's US Open at ranked 150th as a qualifier. Um, so some things can, can happen in this sport for sure. And, and there's no match that Serena will have no chance in um, against anybody on tour. She's, you know, she's going to have to probably have some help from the draw and also 
uh, be able to hold up physically and emotionally in, in this very unique circumstance for her. Ben, I think you were the man to talk to today, and I'm sure every listener, every member of the audience is going to thank you for giving them the nuggets and the things they didn't know that they needed to know. So again, here with Ben Rothenberg, host of No Challenge Remaining podcast and a senior editor at Racket Magazine. Ben, I cannot thank you enough for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me.